Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet, light to our path. We thank you, Lord, that it leads us in your way. And we thank you that we are not lost, going in circles like, Lord, many religions and most people in the world do. They don't know why they are here. They don't know where they are going. And yet, Lord, they live so boldly. We thank you by your grace and mercy. We know who we are. We know why we are here. And Lord, we thank you even as those many songs we sang today and as the pastor mentioned, Lord, several times. We know your plans and purposes. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would somehow continue to open your word to us this evening and encourage us, we pray. Thank you for this congregation. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. My mind is a little bit tired. Had a long day. And it was a good day. But, uh, but I hope I don't go astray today. My topic is the role, our role, in the glory of God. Even if I'm not treating the subject fully and properly, I hope I have at least opened the topic up for you. Because the glory of God really is, I believe, the main topic of the Bible. Main topic of the Bible. This morning we looked at something of the historical happenings, the glory of God coming down at key times and places, and of course coming down in the, name, in the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and, of, and also in the Holy Spirit. And we look forward to the day, uh, the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 21 and 22. And that's where we're looking forward. The glory of God, we have a role in it as well. God has promised it will happen. And even as we sang a song, as the pastor said, let's sing it as though we are there. Happening. Singing with all these other nations. And I believe we can take the glory of God as happening, will happen in, uh, in the years to come. God's words will not fail us. So what role do we have in the glory of God? Maybe I should start with an encouraging verse, and that is found in the book of Peter. First Peter, and uh, there in chapter 4. What do we do for the glory of God? I'll read verse 10 and 11. And it says, each one has received a special gift... As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as God, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The verse I want to leave with you is verse 11. It says, whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. From now on, when you read the Bible, you'll find this word glory, glorifying, and all those popping up all over the place. And you will recognize it is an important theme. And here, what do we do for the glory of God? Here it says, serve. Serve. By the strength which God supplies. That really releases me a little bit. 
That means I don't have to be worried about how much or my own protection of things as the strength, as by the strength which God supplies. God has promised to supply you and me with the strength to serve Him. This has been my experience over the years. And I'm sure in serving God we go through difficulties and God gives dying grace to the dying man, not to the other. So oftentimes it's hard to imagine whether, whether I could do something, but when the time comes, God gives grace. So you can call on God, Lord, I can only serve you according to the strength, by the strength which you supply. And then go on serving the Lord Jesus Christ. This passage tells us that each Christian has been given a gift. You have been given a gift. Let me tell you a story. I mentioned the word story so those who are about to sleep can wake up and hear me. I remember a young lady, a, a, a lady about, not young, well, I guess young, 40s, early 40s. Uh, she never wanted to get married because her parents had a bad marriage, non-Christians, and she herself was a non-Christian till that time. Finally, miraculously, really miraculously, in spite of Christians, she became a believer. I have read a story. It's incredible what some people did that they thought was they were doing for God. Really was hindering her from becoming a believer. But thank God, miraculously, she became a believer. Then she joined this church conference where the pastor was speaking about the gifts. Everybody has a gift, he said. And then the pastor said, you need to pray to God what that gift is. And then exercise this gift. So this is the first time she heard this. So she went home. Actually, that's the wife of this man, Fred Flack. She died at age 95 a few years ago. Anyway, this lady went home and prayed, God, what is my gift? And she heard the words in her ears and the words from the King James Bible, help meet. Now, those of you who know King James English, you know that means a wife. Her gift was a wife, and that's not what she wanted. She didn't want to marry. She didn't like this gift. So she prayed another time. You know, she stopped that prayer meeting. Prayed another time. <laughs> Lord, what is my gift? He heard the words again. Help me. That means wife. Oh, she didn't like that. Then again, she prayed another time. The third time, she heard the same words again. And I uh, cut a long story short. Soon after that, a man, same age, 42, a missionary returning from India, looking for a wife. <laughs> uh, they met up. And uh, the first time she saw him, he said, Lord, not him. <laughs> because he came from India with this broken suitcase. He said, more cardboard than anything else, the suitcase. Anyway, thank God, God brought them together. And together they served God in India. Uh, something very unusual. Not too many missionaries have such a wonderful story. The two of them serving in an unusual way in India left behind over 350 churches when they left India. This is not an ordinary story. Not many have that experience. 350 story. And because of the strategy he adopted 
and the way, of course, I guess, a lot of people behind him in prayer. The two of them serving the Lord together in India. So that was her gift. Help me, wife. Now, the reason I say that also is, I believe Bible has a long list of names of gifts. Sometimes we limit it to the few that, are, that we see in the scripture. There's a lot of gifts. And your gift may not be in the Bible mentioned in a direct way. So we need to ask God, God, what is my gift? And I believe as the church of Jesus Christ employ their gift, which God has provided, uh, you will find the world evangelized. I believe God has given us today, your church and the church worldwide, just the gift we need for our time to meet the needs of our world. If only we will break out of our little boxes and really seek God, I believe more would happen. And I think that's one of the miracles of these last few years. Because we used to think missionaries has to be a certain type, certain style, certain education, certain uh, all the abilities. But I think people like George Werber came, anybody can be a missionary. Are you walking? Can you stand on two legs? Okay, go. And do something. Young people can go. Everybody can go. Go for three months, six months. And uh, he just broke loose uh, all the boundaries we had placed. And of course, many other things have come in. And as a result, our world has been richly blessed. So we need to serve God. And it says, by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. I hope one thing is coming very uh, close to you. That is, the main thing in the world today is not me. It's not me. God cares for me, yes. God provides for me. I can give you lots of stories of how God miraculously does care for me. But I am not the end of the, end of the story. I am just a means. I am there. I have been created. You have been created for God's glory. So we serve God for His glory. So that is one way, one role we have in the glory of God. In Matthew's Gospel, something very similar we find. And here in the Sermon on the Mount, we are told to do good works so that people will see and glorify God. It says verse 16, 5, 16. Maybe you should read from verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. I hope you can accept that. You are the light of the world. The world is pretty large. A city that set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under the peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Then he says, let your light shine before men, so that in such a way that they may see your good work and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So here is another way we can glorify God. Good works. Good works. And Christianity has been famous for good works. During the times of opposition, it's been amazing. Many Hindus are coming forward. And saying to the Hindus, why don't you do what the Christians are doing? See what they do for lepers. See what they do for 
orphans. See what they do for poor people. Uneducated. Why don't you do the same thing? And in India, it is known that the small minority of Christians, missionaries included, do more good works, charity works, than all the Hindu population and the Muslims put together. If you put that in, you could put it like this, 5% of the population could be called Christians, maybe a little more now, uh, are doing 95, 98% of all the good works. So this is one of the characteristics of Christianity. And I believe good works has given us more chances to bring also the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says, the world will see it and glorify God who is in heaven. Mother Teresa has helped in some ways uh, to bring up the attention of people to, of the Lord Jesus Christ because of her charity works. And I'm sure you know about this woman uh, there in India. So there is something else we can do. That is to do good things. And more and more people are doing things in India and other places. And as a result is bringing glory to God. Something else we can do for the glory of God is found in 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, a well-known verse... And uh, this actually is a very key thing. And chapter 3, it says, We should behold, in a, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And of course, the result is, we'll be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And so here we are encouraged to behold the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. What can we do for the glory of God? Well, behold the glory of God. The Apostle Paul says, as a result, we will be transformed. Behold the glory of God. Now, how do we do this? Well, it's very simple. Beholding the glory of God is not the matter of seeing some lights. It's really seeing His character. This morning I mentioned, Moses prayed, show me thy glory. And actually, he didn't see too much. But he heard a lot about God. God's character. And the same is true of others in the scripture. The Apostle Paul said one time, His desire is that I may know Him. That's really beholding God. Knowing Jesus Christ through the pages of the scripture, and of course through experience, is really beholding the glory of God. That's how you see the glory of God. The word know, K-N-O-W, know, is a very important word in the Bible. We know, of course, through experience, tasting and seeing. That's how we know it. But the word know is used all over the Bible. And this is something God wants us to do. When you go through the book of Exodus, the word know is used often. I'm going to do this that Pharaoh might know. The Egyptians might know. The whole world might know. And so all those plagues that came upon Egypt, there were war, God declaring on those gods, the belief system of those people. God was throwing them apart and showing He is God. God who has control over the sun, the moon, stars, 
Oh, everything. And, as, and he says the purpose, God says, is the people might know. That Israelites might know. These people have been living among these heathens for 400 years. They need to know there is a living God who can do these things. I'm told in the book of Ezekiel, the word know is given about 60 times. 60 times. So being a Christian is not just being born again or attending regular services or a few other things. We need to give time to know God. When I joined Operation Mobilization many years ago, I was told the motto is to know Him and to make Him known. To the extent we know God, to that extent we can represent Him. So one of the greatest need of Christianity today is a better knowledge of God. If the Apostle Paul, at the end of his, towards the end of his life, he still had to say this, that I may know him. I may know him. I want to know him. And the thing is this, that we will be knowing God for the rest of eternity. Rest of eternity. When God first gave us an Old Testament, then gave us a New Testament, and we don't know what's going to come after this. That may sound like some kind of a false teaching, but uh, you can be sure more is coming because there is more to know about God. Now, how God would do that, we don't know. It could be another testament after this without throwing away the first because these are all part of our knowledge, our basis of knowing God. And of course, a day is coming we will know Him face to face by being with Him. But there needs to be a commitment on our part to really know God. And I believe that's what is going to make the difference in us being useful for the glory of God. I remember many years ago, I was given a job on the ships, on the Dulos, personnel manager. 350 people. I've never done the job before. If you have been on OM, they tell you, you will know if they have changed. They improved a lot since my days. But in those days, they just tell you you are the personal manager. And that's it. And uh, you, have to let, you, know, you have to sink or swim. And so I had this job. I have no clue what I'm supposed to do. And uh, so I was working hard. I didn't want to fail in this job. I was working day and night. People could wake me up 11 o'clock at night and talk to me uh, because we are all living on the same ship. Then one day I realized, you know, something is not right. To cut a long story short, I realized I was laying aside this whole thing of my own quiet time, my own study of the Bible for the sake of my job. So I decided I must read the Bible, the same Bible actually, and it has nearly 1,200 pages. So I said, I'm going to read it 20 pages every day. 20 pages every day. And that comes first. So about three or four times a day, I will sit down and read the Bible. And what amazed me was this. Some of the best times of worship I have enjoyed was during those times of reading. Reading the Bible, I was actually face to face with something of the greatness of God. The glory of God. The person of God. And many times I felt God was standing there with me and revealing himself to me. So I believe this is available for all of us. 
But we do need to somehow make this a priority. Give it time. However God enables you to give it time to read. And it was written. The Bible was written not for the PhDs. The Bible was written for people who lived in those days in Turkey, in Thessalonica, Corinth. Very ordinary people, a lot of them slaves. And they read, they understood, I'm sure. And so you and I certainly can understand the Bible. And I believe the main purpose of the Bible is revealing God to us. And the first question we need to ask when reading the Bible is, Lord, what does this tell me about you? And I believe God will reveal himself to us. So give time to knowing God. And lastly, a very important point is Matthew chapter 9. Here we have the Lord Jesus, sorry, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. And here, I believe, is a very important thing. I already mentioned that a big difference in mission has been made because of the prayers of God's people. God answers prayers. Right through the scripture, we have lots of verses on prayer. Lots of verses on prayer. We've been told to pray for kings and all those in authority. Last week, I think it was my last Sunday, that's right, I was in a place called Gathiabad, about 40 kilometers northeast of Delhi. There's a little church, just began, well, been going for four years. About a couple of years ago, they had a little building and eventually a parsonage on top of it. And this pastor has moved there, no electricity, and not too many neighbors around because it's a cheap area where he could get the land and all the rest. And so there he is living in fear and tremble. You know, what would the thieves do? Supposed to be the second most criminal state in India, all of India. Sorry, not state, district. There he is in this church. And, you know, to his amazement, he started the service with 10 or 15 people there. Eventually it became 30 but one of the people who walked into the church, actually it happened in, in sequence, was the special superintendent of police. <laughs> he had the shock of his life, this young pastor in this little rural place, the special superintendent of police, and he happened to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. First his wife and two children arrived, about 15 minutes later he arrived, with all these police escort, the whole little area was shaken up with all these police jeeps and all these people with their walkie-talkies and all the rest, all because of this special superintendent of police turned up in the church. So when he turned up in the church, all program got turned around, and uh, he was asked to say something. And he took quite a few minutes, and the main thing he asked us to pray was, asked us to do was to pray for the police force. And then he said something of what he's doing. He said, what we do is in the physical realm. But what you do is in the spiritual realm. And he said, that has more importance. And then he asked prayer for some specific needs. So the scripture tells us to pray for those in authority. And so here in verse 9, it says, pray then in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You notice that there's only one name spoken of there. Thy kingdom come, only one kingdom is spoken of. 
Thy will. Only one will is spoken of in that verse. And we are told to pray for this. And I mentioned last night that when God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1 and 2, there was only one will. There was only one will. God's will. We happily submitted to it, Adam and Eve. It was a wonderful will. But of course, sin came. When we come into chapter 3, we find God's will, the devil's will, Adam's will, Eve's will. And as I mentioned yesterday, today the world has over 6 billion wills. So the God is exhorting us here to pray, thy will be done. There's a great need for one will, the will of God. The will of God. There's a great need for one kingdom. Now there is the Muslim kingdom, the Hindu kingdom, and every other kingdom. The atheistic kingdoms, and whatever kingdoms. You could name them by the hundreds, maybe thousands. But a day is coming, we are told to pray, Thy kingdom. God's rule. God's kingdom. And first leading the list is God's name. God's name. Only one name need to be here. Isn't that amazing? When God blessed Abraham, God said, I will bless your name. You know, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God is not against us being blessed. But the only way we would be blessed is if God is honored. And then we will be honored. So prayer, I believe, is the very key thing. We are exhorted in the scriptures to pray for countries, pray for preachers, pray for Christians. I used to pray for unsaved people, you know, countries, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Mexico, whatever else, lots of countries I used to pray. I pray for the unsaved. And one day I saw in the scriptures that the Apostle Paul actually prayed for Christians. He was spending more time praying for Christians. Their eyes would be opened. Their minds would be opened. And he was praying for Christians. And then I realized, well, that's probably where the secret is. If the Christians, and I believe we need to be praying for Christians. I got an email a couple of months ago from a girl in Holland, where my wife and I were doing some work. And she said about her church, and she said that people are not excited about God. And she said, I'm praying for my church to get excited about God. I never had that prayer request before. And I was actually quite happy to see that. We need to be praying for believers. Because the devil can often blind our eyes. The book of Revelation says, the devil would blind our eyes about heaven, about the church, and especially about the throne of God. Because when you know these things, we'll get excited. And so the devil would love to keep our eyes blinded from many, many wonderful spiritual truths. So I believe praying for one another, praying for Christians, is a wonderful thing. Think of that woman who prayed for George Berber for some years. Prayed for that school, that God would save people, send them out as missionaries. And it was happening. And then one of them that God sent out was George Berber, who, of course, you know very much about praying 
is incredible. And that woman has never been a missionary. She's never really traveled much. In fact, she hasn't really traveled until the end of her life when George Weber brought her over for some OMS to see her, the woman who prayed for her. So it's not us going places only. It is really, we have an impact to make for the Lord Jesus Christ. So the glory of God, make that a matter of prayer. What can we do for the glory of God in our marriage, in our working together, in our church, in our city? What can I do for the glory of God? And you may be surprised, God would use you wherever you are. I believe God places people wherever they are. And God would move you when the time comes. So we don't don't need to be afraid. We are all servants of God. Hudson Taylor was a servant of God. I believe every one of us is a servant of God. According to the grace God has given to us. According to the strength he provides, we serve God. I think it was Billy Graham's wife who had this little saying in the kitchen sink, divine services Conducted here three times a day. She's referring to washing dishes. So we can serve God in so many ways and bring glory to God. Even in bringing our children up, we can serve God. I like that little verse where Pharaoh's daughter takes Moses from the river and gives to the mother and says, go take and raise him up. I'll pay you. So here is the mother bringing up the child and being paid by Pharaoh's daughter. I believe God wants to bless us, even in those things, bringing up our children. Because God can be greatly glorified in those things. So I pray that we would ask this question. What can I do for the glory of God in my family? In my workplace, or in my church, or in my world. I believe God has a gift for you, and God is using you, I pray. I believe you are being used of God, and God will continue to use in His time. I do not think we need to get all worked up what I should be doing. At the right time, God will show us, and we can glorify God this way. Let's look to the Lord. Mm. Father, we thank you that our lives, the life of this planet, is not going like a ship without engine, just going round and round, but Lord, you are leading us. And we thank you for the place you have given us, the church, in this planet. We do ask, O Lord, that each one of us as believers, Lord, would seek your glory. Lord, we are most satisfied when you are most glorified. We do ask, O Lord, that from now on, we would be able to look away from ourselves, our problems, our needs to get ahead, or whatever else. And Father, help us to seek your glory, your name, your kingdom. You will, and we know these other things will be in place. 
You told us, O oh Lord, to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things shall be added to you. O oh Lord, we believe this is true. This is your will for us. So Lord, use us, we pray. Bless these deep thoughts to our hearts and lives. And we thank you again for this church and all that they do for Christian missions. For the glory of your name. And Lord, just thank you for giving them this great privilege to really impact the world in such powerful way. We thank you, O Lord. Our labor is not in vain. And Lord, you told us we shall reap if we faint not. We ask, O Lord, that you will continue to encourage this church. Give them the faith, the courage to serve you as you provide strength. And Father, continue to use them to see your glory spread throughout the earth. We thank you, Lord, a day is coming. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. We thank you. We are channels of this. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen.